Thanks for tuning in and welcome to Same As It Ever Was, where we literally don't know what we're going to talk about. Hey there, buddy. What are you doing? Well, Sounds like you sounds like you, you you busted out a new bag of Doritos. Ah, man, you can my microphone must be like really like awesome. It is it, it's it's very uh it, it really depicts the, the full and accurate uh the full and accurate thing going on around Yeah. <laughs> so, really, really awesome mail day today. Uh, oh yeah. From the collector side of the house and the Bastillos family okay. um you know I've talked about it before on, on uh about baseball cards and stuff yep. and uh so the first cool thing that I got was um there's a artist that's doing these baseball cards his name is Mr. Cartoon okay and if you own the Netflix definitely worth watching it's called LA Originals okay and he he's a famous tattoo artist and just street artist now uh, and now like business conglomerate. But to get a tattoo for this man, minimum fifty thousand dollars. Holy mackerel! Yep, dude. And and he works because like people like Snoop Dogg, Dr. Dre, uh, Justin Timberlake, Christina Aguilera, like the list. That's Co- crazy, Kobe man. Bryant. Kobe Bryant, Eminem, like, yeah, dude. But that's wild. He's made a whole like, he's turned in a lo- like a whole business model of like shoes with Nike. You know, he's oh, yeah. doing he's doing this stuff with Tops. Well, uh, I was afforded the opportunity to be able to send in my card. He did a card. Uh, his first card was a Roberto Clemente. Okay, um, and. I sent in my card to get signed. Oh, cool. And oh, so this is, you were talking about this before. It was, he was going to sign like a limited number of them. Yeah. So my, my card number is three out of 55. He only did 55 in gold. He has silver and all this other stuff. But yeah. Right. Dude, and, that's pretty, that's pretty insane. So the, the other thing that I, I opened up, I was opening up as, as we, uh, we talked was another artist that Joaquin and I have befriended came up. He's a kid of the eighties like us. Uh huh. Yep. And he's like, I'm going to make a fanny pack. So he made a fanny pack. Uh-huh. Uh, and he does, he has like a living art canvas. So that's the, 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 what the fanny pack like, but then uh-huh. he's been this whole time since, this whole thing started up in, in since March. Now uh-huh. maybe it's April. April um, is that he'll get all these cards from Tops, and then he like paints on them, like splatter paint, spray paint, all this stuff. Right. And so he had offered. He only did four hundred of these fanny packs. Oh, sorry, the numbers right here, four twenty-three. Okay. So uh, I got a fan, one of those fanny packs. 
that has three cards that are like really nice cards that are spray paint or painted on. And then like five that are kind of like just no name players, but dude, it's awesome. And he signed the three nice cards. Um, and I've, I've worn the fanny pack. Hey, why not? My wife's like, it's art. Well, it's art. And two, my wife's like, uh, you're wearing cargo shorts. Are those not enough pockets? You have to wear a fanny pack. <laughs> I'm like, uh, it's a fanny pack. Dude, that's when you got to look at your wife. You got to be like, I am a dad. Oh, no. I, the first time I wore it out is when I took Joaquin to uh, Home Depot. Yeah. The only thing I was missing was the long socks and, yes. and, and Birkenstocks. Yes. Yes. Dude, what? I, you know, it's, it's, I don't know. That kind of weird. Like, when you think about, like, back like back when we were kids, I don't think you see it so much now. Like, back when we were kids, you'd see, like, old men who would be wearing, who'd be wearing short pants. They weren't shorts. They were short pants. And they'd have, like, they'd have, like, dress socks on. You right. You know what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, yeah. Like, they'd have dress socks on that came That's... to their knees. <laughs> it's like, where, I don't know where that look came from for the, these old the, dudes. The 50s and 60s. Oh, I, I just, I don't know. I would think that in the 50s or 60s, I guess if you were wearing short pants, you'd be wearing like, I don't even know if you'd wear sandals or you'd wear like boat shoes. Yes, Barry Topsiders. Yes, yes. That is a look. That's a look, man. That's a look that I see a lot at the, that's a, a, I mean, obviously, understandably so. I see a lot of that at the, uh, at the boat yard, you know see the folks show up like most like all these people that we grew up like looking at and they're wearing boat shoes but they don't have a boat it's like the not this nautical look yeah and don't get me wrong i mean they're comfortable shoes i mean i can't wear shoes like that anymore even if i wanted to i mean i wouldn't i don't own a pair of boat shoes but um did you uh did you ever have penny loafers uh yeah I don't, I don't i don't think i have Actually, I think I do. I still have a pair of penny loafers. Yeah, really, I think so. I'm pretty sure. Um, and they're and but those are like, I mean, sort of like dress shoes, like casual dress down shoes, you know. Um, but yeah, uh, the, like those boat shoes, th- those kind of things, man. I can't wear. They have no. They have no support in them. Well, no support, but are they functional? Yes. Like like the bottoms grip. Yes. On the boating I'm, material? Right. I'll tell well, I'll tell you for me, um the really functional part of uh of those type of those types of shoes is if you want to keep your boat clean. Because they're so easy to take on and off. You just slip them off, you right. know. And when you're getting in and out of the boat and you've got shoes on, I mean, the boat, the boat is white. It's, it's, it's either it's white or some sort of off-white, you know, cream eggshell type color or whatever. I mean, any sort of footprints or anything all show up on that stuff. So I think that for a lot of people, it's these types of shoes, they grip on the boat, but they're also easy to take off if you're trying to keep the boat clean. Yeah, so... I think that's the I think that's the idea of them. I mean, I know that for me, when I'm having to get in and out of these boats because I'm cleaning them, detailing them, you know, whatever's going on with them, um, 
you know, that's even if I do wear my shoes, I will almost always like scrub down the soles of my shoes before I get into the boat. Uh, because, man, I'll tell you, it does not take much. And especially if it's a boat that's had a lot of work done on it. Um, dude, like, you know, the grease and stuff uh, from the, the technicians, um, that stuff, man, can, it can, it's not always, but sometimes that stuff can be a real bitch to get out when you're, I mean, you're having to use some of the chemicals that we use down there, man, are like, yikes. Uh, this stuff, there's this product that we call down, we use down there called on-off. And it's basically like an acid. And you use it on, typically what you'll use it for is if you've got uh, like where the water line is on the side of the boat and it's been in the water for a long time and there's like growth, you know what I mean? Like algae or barnacles, like not even barnacles, but just gunk that builds up along that water line. Dude, you take like a, a, a brush and you dip it in this on off and you just sort of like brush it where this stuff and it just melts the stuff away. But I'll tell you, I was working on I was working on the on a, a motor the other day, and I've had this this cut on my right index finger, and that stuff got on that freaking cut. <laughs> Buddy, I'm gonna tell you, that did not feel good. <laughs> you were a, uh, it was not a good feeling. I you was were like, glowing. Yeah, I was like, I need to get to the bathroom right now and run this finger under some freaking water because that hurts. I mean, ugh. Just all, when all of a sudden, instantaneously, you can feel like your pulse, all the blood running through the end of your finger. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. it was just not good, not good at all. But the shit works, it works. So, but uh, yeah, it was freaking, dude. It was it was hot day here today, man. Oh, dude, everywhere. Um, uh-huh. So we we had scouts over to help build the rest of the shed. Oh yeah, how's how's that? that you guys done uh we're done with everything that we can do here uh meaning the things we didn't complete we uh cut all the wood that needed to be cut and the pieces that needed to be cut you know what i mean and then uh um but yeah man oh my god it was so hot we wake up at i wake him up at six in the morning on sunday because we had people coming over at 10 i'm like we're gonna set because the night, the day before Saturday, it was with the heat index 108. Ugh. Ugh. And I'm like, hey, listen, we are going to set up early because it's going to be really hot. And it was 77 at yeah. six in the morning. Like first when you got up. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. so it was great. Well, we get our job site set up. Uh, and then I go to Kroger to get uh, water and Gatorade for the for the scouts. Yeah. We get back, we drilled in the pilot holes on all the pieces of wood that needed uh pilot holes and by that time it was like 8 almost 9 o'clock. We yeah. go eat we go eat breakfast and then he goes outside 10 o'clock. Uh we, I think we got started around like 10:15. By 11:47 we were done. Wow, good. Because all the scouts had to do was come in with their drills and just drill in the screws into the to the wood, and that was it. Right. And, and then we tore everything down. So easy peasy. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, 
No, I, I, like you say, I mean, it's just, it's been so rough. I mean, here it's not been bad. I mean, the 80s or whatever is pretty typical. There were a couple of days last week that actually got kind of cool, which was weird. It was, I mean, the highs were like in the 60s. Um, but dang, dude, today, like we ended up going down and meeting up with Jennifer's parents and we ended up, uh, her stepdad, Brian, had put new laminate floors in at their house. So we drove out there to check them out, you know, and their house, I swear, man, like where they live in the summertime, without fail, it is always 10 degrees hotter out there than it is where we live. The the, the ability of the ocean to keep the water a little bit more, te- you know, temperate um, is pretty incredible. But man, we're out there. I think it had to be it had to be 95 degrees out there. Um, and we had the top down on the Jeep and that was all. Yeah. Great but after a while, man, I'll tell you, that's the thing is like, uh, and I love driving around with the top down, but there are days, man, where if it is too hot, if it, if it, if it is over a certain temperature and you're not just constantly moving, the worst part is like when you're stuck in traffic, you've got that top down and you're in an area where you're hitting a bunch of traffic lights and stuff. And now you're just sitting. You know, you're just like sitting, melting and <laughs> melting oh, into your <laughs> Yeah, man. I mean, well, it was, and it was fun, though. Do you do you have a bikini top? I don't. I want to get one. I really do. I Because, I mean, I don't mind taking the top down, you know, on and off. But there are times where it can kind of be a bitch. And and in the situation you're talking about, do you have the doors off or still back? <laughs> I haven't taken them off this season. We were just talking about that the other day. What I need to do, and for any of the listeners who are out there, if you own a Jeep or know somebody who owns a Jeep, maybe you have the answer to this and you can let us know or let me know. But I'm not sure exactly what the state law is here with regard to your side view mirrors if you've got the doors off the Jeep. Because <clears throat> the the mirrors are attached to the door and in some states you have to have all three mirrors side views and the rear view mirror some did they change that with the latest model the new the new jk did they change where they the the mirrors are no that's the same i'll tell you what man uh that new bronco bro Mm -hmm. yeah it's gorgeous right and it only the starting price is like sixty grand or some ridiculous. Well, thing. for now, the base model one's thirty five. Okay, but go big or go hard, right? Um, well, I mean, I think that it's just like it is with the Jeep. I mean, if you really want, you know, the the thing to do is to wait a couple years and buy a used one. I mean, you could probably buy a used one that has a lot of great stuff in it and pay the same amount you're going to pay for a base model with nothing right now yeah um, i like the the obx version the outer the banks they have they have the it's the middle model it's called the outer <clears throat> banks okay uh i if i what's if the I, what what's the major difference well they have different ones for different uh like you know they have a wilderness one the outer oh, okay. banks one is more like for water-based stuff they have the base right base camp one there, there's there's like i think there's five and the, okay. the out, outer banks one is in the middle okay and then they have one that's the everything which is the top of the line yeah you know but no, uh hey i mean dude i guarantee you that things especially if you can take the top off 
Well, you can take top off on all of them. The only one you can't is the sport. Oh, really? Yeah. But <clears throat> the, the five models I was talking about, you can take the top on off on all of those. Okay. And, you know, uh, I we had talked about it before. I wanted a Jeep for my first yep. car. And I ended up getting the Samurai, right? Dude, I never put yeah. the top on that fucking thing. Oh, ever. No. Rain, I didn't care. Like, yep. nope. Yep. And that's what I'd want to do with something like that. Electronics aside, yes. Um, you know, have the waterproof or the water resistant seats, right. and then you know that's why they have drains. Well, and that's why the. I mean, that's why you know my my unlimited. I, that's there are certain things that I really. One of the first things that I want to get is some proper waterproof uh, seat covers. I don't have I don't have seat covers in it, and I would really like to, especially because I mean, there's days where I'll get out of work, man, and I'm 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 nasty, and I hate the idea that I'm actually sitting in my seats, and they're getting nasty too. Um, but the old Jeep that I had uh, was an e, it was a '92, um, and it was awesome. I mean, you remember that thing? Oh. I mean, it had a soft top on it. The entire inside of it was rhino lined. It was like all the stuff had been stripped out of it, and the entire bottom of it was all rhino lined, and it had the plug so you could just take a hose and just wash the whole inside out, you know, and pull, you know, drain it out. And I had the waterproof seat covers on it. I mean, I would drive that thing. I, I mean, there were a couple of times, man. I remember driving that thing with the the. It had the half doors, which I really love. I wish mine had the half doors. And I think I will probably get half doors, but I won't get the, the dedicated ones. I'd probably get the ones that are like, they're like canvas. Yeah. Um, I think those are pretty cool too. Uh, but I, dude, I'd drive that thing. The old one, it'd be a torrential downpour. <coughs> I didn't give a damn. Didn't matter. I mean, I remember getting caught in a, I remember getting caught in a cloud burst in San Diego. <coughs> Hold on just one second. Give me a sec. Swallowed. I swallowed a bug. I swallowed a bug. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it was. I mean, there was one time. I swear, we. I was. I was driving home from work. I'm living in San Diego, and uh, I get on the highway and I look up ahead, and it's literally like it's like a curtain of rain, and I can't get off this highway. There is just, you're going to, you're driving through that. And I did not have my soft top on. And I, I'm, I'm wearing like a a sweatshirt, like a hoodie, my jeans, a pair of docks. And I drive into this rain and the traffic is just, cause when you, if, if, for anybody who's never been to San Diego before, okay. Because it rains so rarely in San Diego, people in San Diego don't know how to drive in the rain. Mm -hmm. So they, they, they kind of don't. And that literally means people just sort of will stop. And so now you're on the highway and no one's going anywhere because the rain is falling. Um, but, oh, man, I'm telling you, I, I'm stuck in this traffic and the rain is coming down. And this one dude is just looking at me from his car. And I'm just like, I got a baseball hat on. I'm completely drenched. And he's just all he can do is look at me and just give me a big thumbs up. <laughs> I'm just like. 
what am I supposed? I just all I can do is give him a number, give him a thumbs up back. Like, yep, you know, Jeep life. Like, seriously, like I should have shampoo or something with me. I could like take a shower on my way home. But Jeep I get home. Life. Seriously, like I get home and I'm just, it, I looked like I had jumped in a swimming pool. I was completely soaked from head to toe. It was just ridiculous. But that's like you say, that's Jeep life. And like I really would, I'd like to get a, I'd like to get like a bikini top for for this thing. It's just a lot easier to take, you know, put on and take off, and you can sort of store it in the back of the, in the back of the vehicle. I mean, the soft top, it all collapses. It can kind of be a pain in the butt. Um, you know, it can kind of be a pain in the butt uh, to put it back up if you've taken it all the way down because you have to take the panels off the sides and the back and that kind of thing. Yeah. It can, it can take, it can take a few minutes to really put the whole thing back together. Um, Oh, you know, taking it off is always easier than putting it back on. Um, but the bikini top, like you say, is so much easier. It's just like straps and it's just done. So, um, but no, it was a good day for it. It was a good day for it. the past couple of days. I finally, for the first time this year, I like took the entire top down. You know, the weather's been great. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, and, you know, amongst other things, dude, I was super excited this weekend because they've been doing it. They call it summer camp baseball, but like baseball's happening right now. Yep. So I watched the, the Yankees and Mets uh, two days in a row. And okay. it was it was great because on Saturday it was the Mets as the home team. Right. And for uh-huh. those of you that don't know. The Mets and the Yankees share the same stadium. And so when the Mets played on Saturday, have you heard that you can buy a cardboard cutout? Like you take a picture? Yes. So even the Texas Rangers, my beloved Texas Rangers, you can, you take a picture, you have to be wearing like fan gear. Do you send it in? I think it's 40 bucks. And then they'll put your cardboard cutout in one of the seats. Oh, that's oh, that's awesome! Yeah, right, um, dude. I'm so tempted. Like, and you and should. So, so, well, there's no guarantee that what from the Mets' perspective because they did that. Uh, they line the first like ten rows. So, when you're watching the game, you know they always show that picture view. Then right. you can see the first ten rows. That's what you see on TV, right? So then that's right. what they have built, and they have that along. The the uh the third the first and third baselines, okay. But do they have like, them up behind. Do they have them behind home plate. They and must. Home, oh yeah, of course, yes. From the pitcher view, they have them behind home plate. But none of them are are in uh in the outfield. So so I was like, this is pretty cool, but you know, it is what it is. Well, then on Sunday, the Yankees were the home team. Okay. No, no cardboard cutouts. What really? Yeah. I wonder why that is. Well, maybe they haven't got their shit together or they don't want to do it. But for the Mets, yeah, it's, you know, it was pretty cool. And it was really weird seeing at the entire stadium blank. The, the, the Mets are playing at Yankee stadium this year. Is this because of COVID? Yeah. Well, I don't know. Let's got it because they don't normally play in the same stadium. So, because cause the Mets usually play in City Field. It's over in uh, the Bronx. So what's crazy is, did or, you hear about yeah. Toronto? No. 
So the Blue Jays, they're not allowing their team to play games in Canada. Interesting. So, so they ha- they're homeless. That's crazy. So they're trying to figure out where they're going to play games. Ugh. God. Yep. God, well, and, there, I mean, there's any number of places that they could be playing. Well, I mean, re- really. They, so you'd have to do it with. Uh, they're in the NL, so then you, or are they in the AL? Fuck. Well, they're in the AL. They're in the same. Yeah. They're in the same division as the Red Sox. Yeah. So then they have to. They would have to play like an NL. They'd have to share a stadium with an NL team. I think that's how they they could work it out. Yeah. But dude, that's crazy because the season starts this weekend. Huh. I yep. don't. I don't. I don't know. I think about like you're talking about this thing with the Blue Jays. I almost feel like. They should be trying to find a. They should be trying to find a city that at least has a substantial enough stadium. They were talking about Buffalo. That's what I was just gonna say. Yeah, they were. They were talking. The talk was not? Buffalo, because yeah. it's right there. It is right there. Yeah, I mean, well, but they'd have to yeah. use. They'd have to like. They'd have to use uh, the Bills Stadium. Yeah, I don't know if they. I, I mean, obviously that. Would, I wonder what kind of a conversion that would require. To be I able mean, to do Oakland used to do it all the time. No, they did. Yeah. I mean, that was what was that was Oakland was like the last one. That was yeah. the last dual dual oh, purpose stadium. San, San Francisco, Candlestick Park. Well, yeah, Candlesticks. Well, I mean, that was years ago. Now they got that crazy freaking Levi Strauss Stadium. That's like that's not even in. It's like not even in San Francisco. It's dude. It's seriously like an hour and a half away. It's where it's like down, like down. It's not even San Jose. It's 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 not in the city. I've, yeah, I've but, heard I've, I've heard the stadium's gorgeous, but I will I don't know. It it's where the cheapest weird. land was. Well, I well mean, yeah, exactly. Where there was know, where there was land. <laughs> just put it that way. Where the, there was land to put a stadium. The Washington Whatchamacallits are land over Maryland. No, I know. Yeah. Dude, that's Which, the thing it'd be. Washington Whatchamacallits. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> See, there you dude, RFK Stadium's still there. RFK Stadium's still there, but you've got the Nationals now. I don't are they are are, are the Nationals an AL or NL team? I'm not they're even sure. They're NL. I think they're NL. Are they? Okay. Yeah. But who knows? You know, maybe they could I don't know. I mean, there's there's so many places that I could imagine them going. I mean, you know, it's it's kind of interesting. We were talking about, like, the weather and it being hot and everything. And, I mean, living down south, I mean, that's the heat down south. And I know that even living in Virginia Beach, it's like, oh, my God, it's so hot. La, la, la. But I know that there's people who live in, like, Alabama that would just laugh at us for even crying about it. They're like, really? Like, oh, come feel some heat in the middle. Come feel the heat in the middle of, of you know, Alabama. Well, and, you know... <laughs> So, so my Birmingham's got to have. Why don't they play in Birmingham? That's. I mean, that's a. They they got to find some kind of like part of their AAA farming system will have a place. You know what I mean? Like, absolutely. This isn't a. This is this is kind of an easy thing, but you know, um, but you know, working this whole week with my son out outside and being outdoorsy, right? Um, you know, it's some of the glaring parental. I don't want to say mistakes, but like. You know, he was complaining like I'm so glossy. 
right? And I'm like, <laughs> I'm so glossy. I'm like, you're like that. That's perspiration, son. I'm like, you're sweating <laughs> because you're working outside. I'm like, it's okay. This is a bodily function. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> and then you know, like the nine-hour day we had uh, on Thursday. Yep. Uh, you know, him complaining like, oh, my feet and all this. I'm like, dude. So finally, I was just like, hey, listen, if you don't like this work, then you better be really, then be smart. Yeah, I, then you better be using your brain. Because I've, I've always told him, I was like, hey, you're either going to be smart or you're going to be strong. Which one yeah. do you want? Yeah. <laughs> but well, it's true. Yeah. I mean, I think that I think the big thing is, and like doing what I'm doing right now is, is just sort of working, you know, whatever. It really doesn't require a whole lot of, you know, brain capacity. Um, but the thing that, the thing to realize, and I've thought about this for years, especially as I got closer to leaving the service was, you know, do you want to, you know, do you want to make a living using your back or your brain? And the reality is, is that your back doesn't last forever. Your brain is going to last a hell of a lot longer than your back, especially if you're doing any sort of like real labor. Um, well, and, you know, uh, my my dad's been doing real labor for a long time. My brothers, yeah. you know, and, and that's not to say we talk about that. Uh, there was a scout that, you know, uh, he was he was one of my den chiefs. A den okay. chief is someone that comes from the Boy Scouts and helps out me. Uh, with all the kids and Cub Scouts, right? And you get you have to do it for a year. Okay. And and he had graduated high school and told his parents, like, yeah, I don't want to go to college. Mm-hmm. Um, he had done lawn work, and then you know he'd been he had to rebuild the motor on his lawn, and right. now dude, he's he's an auto mechanic. Yep. No debt, banking yep. money, yep. and they're training him. To get even more certifications, it's like there's nothing wrong with that. Plumbing, absolutely not. Carpentry, you know, painting. We've we've talked about this. I mean, I don't know if we've talked about it on this show, but I've had this same conversation with so many people. I mean, I remember when I was in school. When I, I remember back when I was in school, uh, that you had the regular high school. And then you had what we called Voc 10, which yeah, we, was vocational. We called it, it Votech. Right. It was, it, was, it was vocational. It was like vocational region 10 or something, you know. And the, if you wanted to, I think it was when you moved into your sophomore year in high school, um, you could choose to do Voc instead of like standard or, or regular high school. You still had to take a cut. You had to take some, you know, core classes at the high school every day, like an English class and whatever, you know, nothing crazy. Um, but then the bus would show up and it would take all the kids who were going to Voke over to Voke 10. And dude, over there, it was like, you know, you could learn carpentry, you could learn auto repair, electrician, auto electrician stuff, you name it, man. All that, like, girls could go over there and learn like childcare stuff. Um, you know, begins to, you know, start doing stuff to, if they, if they wanted to become nurses or whatever, they could be taking those kind of courses. Um, 
And I mean, these are kids who are, if they stuck with it and they graduated high school and they got their credential from Vogue, I mean, they're going out there and making money today. Graduation day, you're getting paid. And the rest of these kids, like myself and so many others, were like, well, we're college bound. And instead of making money, we were digging this hole for ourselves. And I mean, I see that I, I, I saw that even way back when uh, I say way back, but I saw it as my kids were growing and they were going through high school. The first one, obviously, was Ian. And I remember Ian, he was like a junior in high school or something. And he comes home one day and he has a FAFSA application. And he walks in. He's like, yeah, I, uh, my, my guidance counselor said that you need to fill this out and, and, and give it back to me so I can take it in tomorrow. Think about that. <laughs> the, guide, the guidance counselor is giving my son a loan application and telling him, like, it's a homework assignment. You need to take this home and have your parents fill it out and bring it back to me so that we can get the ball rolling with getting you enrolled in college. No conversation about, like, what do you want to do with yourself? What do you want to do with your life? Seriously. I want to rock. Rock. <laughs> yep. You know. I want yeah. to rock. Yeah. But dude, it was honest. I, don't, I looked at him. I was like, you're out of your mind. I'm not filling that thing out. Like, have you even thought about what you want to do? Like, why, why do you want to go to college? And of course, he's just like, uh, I mean, he ended up joining the Marine Corps. And, you know. Whether whether you love it or hate it, I mean, the reality for him was that it gave him a skill set that allowed him to leave the Marine Corps after five years and make good money. Yeah, and and have the Montgomery GI Bill. Yeah, I mean, if he wants to go to school, go to school, whatever you know. But the, my point is, is that the public school system became over the years, and we I, I think we started to see it back when like you and I were in high school. But then as you started moving through the 90s, you saw it even more. And it just became intensified after 2000 and so forth that the public schools just started to become this sort of funnel, a feeder to the colleges and universities. Because this idea was like, well, if your kid doesn't have I mean, if you're if you don't have a college degree, then then I mean, what are you going to do with yourself? I mean, you've got it. You've got to go to college, kid. And now and- now what do you see? We need people to paint and, yes. you know, all those books. Hang, dry, hang, hang drywall. And I will tell you this, I, I have a friend who uh, opened up a business, right? And he needed someone to paint the inside of his brewery. Okay. No one available. Yeah, it's crazy. And so it's he crazy. had to learn how, not saying that, oh, he had to learn how to do it himself. He could, it didn't matter how much money he offered yeah. for the contract. They're just they the the painters in Pittsburgh were right. so like 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 we already have all we can't take this on because we we have all this like yep it, they're they're printing money as they yes. say yeah you know so it's, it's like crazy. yeah I had to do it myself because there's just no one available yep it's it's nuts man I mean and I think that that's the thing is that we we see everywhere. I think this is around the country, really. I mean, I think that you see just a shortage of people who are qualified to actually do, you know, to 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 work in the trades. Yeah, I mean, people nope. who 
build houses or work on cars or I mean these are the things that make you know these are the things that make the rest of the country go and exist and the infrastructure it is and you you know and this and there was you know I remember even being in high school there was always this this underlying sort of set, like this stigma mentality. yes there There's was a stigma those was. They, they, they must be they must be uh, unintelligent because right they're the they're the dumb kids the they, dumb kids oh, are going you know it was like really uh, they're not dumb kids like they're the ones who are walking out the door and getting paid money after they graduate I mean and I mean and and eventually who knows these are the you know these are the these are the kids who after some period of time maybe they're going to own their own business. They'll get to the point where they'll actually be the boss and they'll be running the show. I mean, it's just. Mean, and, and, mean, meanwhile, we decide to be musicians. Or well, career, I know. You know? I know. <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean, there, there have to be artists. <laughs> oh, dude, I'm working the other day. I'm actually, the other day, I'm actually installing my first motor on a boat, right? Yeah. Like inboard? It was an outboard. It's an outboard okay. motor. Um, but the guy had brought the boat in. He wanted a new motor. Uh, really interesting stuff. I mean, d- disconnecting it and then because it's an older motor where all the controls are like manual, they're mechanical. So like the throttle is literally a cable that you push up or you pull back, and it would move the ca- this cable back and forth. Now yeah. all these dude, these new motors now are all like they're run by computers. So they actually have a they have a, a line a cable that runs. It's not which is like, scary. It's wild. It's like it literally when you push the throttle up or back, it has this cable that runs under the bottom of the boat, you know, through what the the tunnel and it comes out. You plug it. You just plug it in like it's a computer. You plug it into the motor and it allows like instead of having pulleys and all this stuff, it talks back and forth between the handle for the throttle and the motor is like talking back and forth with each other via computer inside. Like that's wild, dude, you know? Um, but it was funny cause we're like, we're installing this thing and I'm working with this guy. His name's Ray. Ray's awesome. Ray is, Ray is from Lithuania. Yes. And he's lived in the States for about 20 years now. Um, real family of the world. He's from Lithuania. His daughters, he has two girls. One lives in Sydney, Australia. The other one lives in London. Um, but the dude, Ray cracks me up. He cracks me up and we're working on this thing. And he keeps saying, he's like, he's like, oh, he, what is he saying? He's like, oh, can you figure it out, little drummer? Uh, and he has that <laughs> accent. Yes. Yes. He's wow. like talking. It's just so funny when he's like, you know, do you hear him talking? He's like, I like you. You know, you're funny. <laughs> have you have you have you seen that that comedian that does his stand up uh, without oh, the Russian, the Russian train thing? Yeah, yes. the, he's yeah. Oh In the my extreme. god! Uh, yes, yes, dude, that is hilarious. But That's... dude, this guy, dude, this guy, Ray, dude, he was in the Red Army. He was in the Red Army in the eighties. Went to Afghanistan. Wow, how crazy is that? Like, and this was one of these things where it the, was like the, the man knows the better side of a AK forty seven. Oh, dude, he was telling me he was telling me that they would bring AK forty sevens to their school. And they would have to learn how to break them down and put them back together. This is like high school. And he was telling me like that he that he was one of the fastest ones in his whole class. That like he could he could completely take the whole weapon apart and like 
like 10 seconds or some crazy thing, like blindfolded. They'd have these competitions between the students to see who could like disassemble and then reassemble the weapon in the, in the, the, the shortest amount of time. Of course this they is did. In school, <laughs> in your high school, they're like, this is not, this is not a choice. This is not an elective. You will learn how to, how to, you know, you will learn how to take this weapon apart and re and put it back together. I, it was just crazy. But he, I mean, he was one of these dudes who, he was one of these dudes who ended up in the army because of conscription. I mean, oh. it was literally, it, oh yes. I mean, this was during the, this is during, you know, the, the Soviets invasion of Afghanistan. And well, it was like, to be, to be fair, uh, they, you know, like Italy, but my number one and number two sons were born in Italy. Yeah. And so we've always started like, well, you know, you have dual citizenship, right? So you got to pick, but if you pick Italy, then, uh, you know, you have to do three years in the Italian army. Right. At age 18, that's yeah. you're conscripted in, regardless. Yep. yep. What? I want to be American. <laughs> I want to be American. Well, that was a funny thing that that was a funny thing that we're saying. Like we're we're at the shop, and I'm talking to Ray, and he's he says something like, "Oh, you Americans, you know, you know." And I was like, "Ray, you're an American." <laughs> he's like, "No, I'm not. I'm from Lithuania." I was like, "No, you're not. You're an American. You've been here 20 freaking years." You're not from Lithuania anymore, man. You're an American just like the rest of us. Oh, my God. But he was seriously talking about, like, when he got conscripted. It was one of these situations where, like, these guys from the, these guys from the military showed up. And they're basically like, uh, Get your stuff. Yeah. They're like, we want your son. And if you don't, if, if he's not out here ready to freaking roll, we're going to burn your house down. <laughs> seriously. It was like, welcome. Welcome to Marxism. You give us what you want. You give us what we want, or you're you're gonna pay. And so off he went, and he actually became a. Uh, he was a. He operated like an anti aircraft, uh, anti aircraft missile battery. That was his. That was his job in the Red Army. You know, um, he actually showed me this picture that day that we were putting the motor together. He's like showing me his phone. He's like, oh look at that, and it was this picture of him from like nineteen. 19- it was like 1981 or something like that. So, and... so then, so you, 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 you guys need to watch Spies Like Us and say, which oh, one's dude, you? I know. Which one is you? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Spies Like Us. Dude, it's such a great movie. Doctor, 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 doctor. 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 Oh, I will now make the first incision. <laughs> He's like reading from the, the, the book. <laughs> like under the table. Well, no, but he's he's got the scalpel and he starts moving up and they're like, yeah. "Oh, the guy's giving him down. the eyes." The guy's sort of look, giving him the look. He stops and then they were like shaking their head yes. And he was like, "I will now <laughs> make the first incision." Oh my god, <laughs> dude! I remember being in middle school. Being, I remember being in middle school band, and that was the song that we played in middle school band. Was oh, the really? theme song? Oh yeah, from Spies Like Us. Dude, we we played uh, uh, Huey Lewis in the News. Uh, I want a new drug. No. I'll think of it. It it's yeah. it's obviously from. Uh, is it what's the not sport? Uh, what's the name of that that album? That was at sports. Sports. Okay. Yeah. yeah it's, it's from because the name of the, the the name of the band was Huey Lewis and the News, and the name of the album was Sports. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. It, it's from sports. But yeah, yeah. They were one of those bands, dude. They were one of those bands that 
It's almost like Jay Giles. Were you ever into Jay, into Jay Giles? Yeah, yeah, Dude. of course. It, like, Dude, they were, I, like, I went to roller rinks. I was into all the like. Did you guys go skating? Oh yeah. Well, I mean, I I was never. Jennifer was into that. There was a there was a place uh, that was out in the town that she grew up in here. I can't remember what she said it was called. There was a place that was here in Topsom, the town across the river from where we're at, and that was Roller World. That was the 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 roller skating, yeah, roller skating rink. And, you know, they played the music and had the light show. And they'd have like arcade games. And... Oh yeah, dude. Yeah, dude. That's where I saw Thriller. Oh really? When it came out on MTV, yeah, that yes. was a big deal. Like everybody, oh, like, we're going to show Thriller. Dude, know, it was a cinematic masterpiece. It was like it was it was the first time that somebody had taken a music video and turned it into a film. Vincent it, Price. It was crazy. Uh, John, who, uh, John, uh, the, the director. Oh, I don't John. even remember. It wasn't, uh, Carpenter. No, it wasn't Carpenter Hughes. There's another John. He had a beard, the big glasses. Oh, I couldn't even tell you. Oh, no idea. Man. But I was never really into that. Jennifer was really, she, like, going to the roller rink when she was a kid. Like that was a big deal, you know. That was where you went to go hang out, and you know that was that was the rally. Yep. That was the rally point. When Me and my kid. brother had matching members only jackets. Yes, <laughs> we had speed skates. Yeah. Oh yeah, dude. That was no. Thing. I went like, to go. Our parents I, would drop us off. I went to go. I went to go roller skating one time. I remember it was at the rec department. You know, they have like an in town here, they had a recreation department and, uh, you know, you could go there like they would do all sorts of stuff like they'd have like youth basketball and they would do youth baseball, like all these different sports and things like that. But every once in a while they would do uh, a roller, like a roller skating thing. You could you could get roller skates there, rent them. And it was on the basketball court that you could like skate around. And I remember going there one time. I was like with my sister or something like that. And I remember I obviously did not know how to properly lace up these skates, man, because I came away from that experience with nothing but blisters. My feet were just torn up. Um, And I on occasion ran into the same thing when it came to ice skates when I was a kid. Because if you didn't wear ice skates, especially hockey skates, if you didn't wear, if you didn't have them laced up tight was, enough and that kind of thing, it was the ankle support. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you if you didn't have them laced up the right way, it could they could really, really mess your feet up. When it came to ice skating, that was much more prevalent here, understandably. And I do remember when I was a kid, we lived at this, we lived on this farm up here, and there was a pond on the farm. And in the wintertime, we always used to go down and we'd, you know, we had like a, a shovel where we could just like push the snow off of the ice yeah, and, and clear it up. And we would skate around on, on the pond out there, which was awesome. You know, as a kid, the fact that you could just like walk down to the pond with your skates and throw them on and just go like skating around. Totally cool. Um, and they actually do a thing here in Brunswick, the town that we live in. They call it the mall. It's sort of a park that's right downtown. And um, in the wintertime, the fire department shows up and they uh, flood this certain area of the mall with water and it turns to ice. 
and it's just basically a like open skate. So you can come down there with your kids or whatever, bring the skates, go down to the mall and just let the kids run or, you know, skate around and what, you know, have a good time. It's, it's really cool. Um, I mean, the fact that something like that's available, they don't even, you don't even pay for it. You just show up and do it. Um, so yeah, no, pretty wild, man. Like I say, I definitely, the, the, the roller skating thing I see, I see, I went to roller world a couple times. I, I you see these people who are doing like tricks, you know, they're like, it's like they're dancing or whatever when they're, when they're roller skating. I could never do stuff like that. I was always like, if I put a pair of roller skates on, I think I got on a skateboard one time. <laughs> I mean, you, you've talked before about like being a skater, dude. I, for me, I got on a skateboard one time. That thing went flying out from under my feet. I ended up fucking ass over tea kettle. I, I was like, okay, I'm good. <laughs> That's that's enough. That's enough skateboarding for me. Um, I'm, I think I've, I've. This is not my calling. <laughs> oh, dude, yeah. Uh, I I went from skating to rollerblading, and when I mean that, we, me and my buddies, we got rollerblades, yep. and we had a group of older uh, role models. We saw what they were doing, and then we yeah. took it to the next level. We went to the skateboard parks, the indoor skateboard parks, and we're rollerblading on the indoor skateboard parks, right? Oh, sure. Oh, yeah, dude. That was all us. Yeah. My warm knees are so fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, dude, I will tell you, dropping in on a half pipe on a skateboard and yeah. dropping in on a half pipe on rollerblades the rollerblades will scare the shit out of you. Oh, I can imagine. Absolutely. And and it's something about dropping in, you know, on a skateboard, you're on your side. And naturally, your body is designed to take impact from the side. Right, yeah. <laughs> but when sure. you're in rollerblades, you're head first going down. And when you're, yep. you're standing up on a, on a, on a nine-foot half pipe, and then well, you're yeah. standing and you're like just looking straight down and you Dude, have to it's go. Like these, it's like these people who have survived freaking parachuting and the parachute never opened. Yeah. Yeah. They, they turn on their side. They, yes. They, like the only way you're going to survive this is by somehow making your body move in such a way that when the ground comes at you, you are going to lay on your side and you're going to be able to distribute that impact across your entire body. I mean, if you're going in and you're and that thing's not open and you try to land on your feet, you're dead. It's crazy. Yeah, you know, I, I saw I saw a video years ago. This was on television. I don't even remember what it was, and it was some show. And they're showing this video. It was one of these dudes. He had the helmet that had like a camera attached to it, like a GoPro. And this is exactly what happened to him in this video. He jumps out of the plane and he's going and he goes to hit the parachute. And it like it it comes out, but it won't open. And so he's grabbing and you can hear him on the video. And he's like frantically like shaking the lines and like trying to get them to loosen up and trying to get it things to, you know. And I mean, you can imagine the sound this guy's making. As he's, he's looking down and he's looking up and he's looking down, he's looking up, whatever. And all of a sudden that ground comes and boom, you see the cameras, like, lays on its side. And all of a sudden, you hear it's like, ugh. 
and he like sits up and you see the camera come up and he stands up and he's like his buddies are coming down all slow like they're supposed to and he's just running around this field with his hands in the air just like I fucking did it have you have you seen the guy that like he he skydived without a parachute and he lands in the like the big old trampoline have you seen that Oh, yeah. I think I have seen that. The no parachute, like, landing into a yes. big, huge, like, dude, that's, oh, no. That's insanity is what that is, dude. That is insanity. I mean. And, you know, somebody that we've had on the show, Gresh, he, yeah. he re- his last uh, two re-enlistments ago in Hawaii, he did it uh, skydiving. Really? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and no, f- I no fear. video. We have Nacho! What? Gentlemen! Good day, my good man. (laughs) Yes, the text message of destiny, indeed. We're we're talking about skydiving. Would you do it or not? Would I do it? Yes. Have I done it? No. I had one opportunity lined up uh, that I bailed on out in Hawaii, and I have regretted the decision ever since. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm in the same place. <laughs> same place, I uh, dude. I to- I've never done it, but and I've I've talked with Jennifer about it. She's like, "You're crazy." You're right. I'm like, "Hell no, I would do it. Why not?" Well, I mean, and, you know, the big news is that there is this high school girl that did it, and the shoot didn't open, and she was doing a tandem with the instructor, and so they both died. No, well, I mean, accidents do happen. They do. <laughs> I mean, I, I messed with my ex-wife parachute, and she went through the roof, man. <laughs> Dude, that's like I'm saying. I'd but honestly, I would do. I would do it. In, I would do it in a second. But it's. I, I've honestly just. I don't think I've ever really. I remember when I was out. When I was stationed out in Hawaii, there were a bunch of guys that were in the band out there, that they were doing this all the time. And I think the big thing was that they were trying to. You have to do a certain number of jumps before you can actually go and do it by yourself without being like tandem with somebody. Yep. And so they were trying to get in all of their jumps and everything so they could finally go by themselves. Um, but I, I mean, I, ne- they never really asked me if I wanted to. And of course, and it's not cheap. I mean, if you're going to go yeah. do it, I, it was, it was at least a couple hundred dollars. Well, someone's uh, got to pay for the insurance. <laughs> right. <laughs> More like liability insurance, but yeah. Uh huh. But yeah. So. Well, I and when it. my parents did it, they also. Like I, I will say two hundred dollars, you know, for each of them to jump. So four hundred dollars for both of them to fall out of a perfectly good aircraft, and then right. it was another. Uh, I want to say it was like a hundred and fifty dollars to get uh, a recording of them jumping out. It's like really, yeah, because well, oh, and, they filmed it. Well, well they didn't yeah, spring for it. Cost forward. a lot of money, man. Well, that and they also had to have uh, another guy that jumps out of the plane with them. So that he can, you know, because it's not just their view, like, you know, GoPro on their head type thing. It's a video yeah. of them doing it. But, right. I mean, I can't understand. Cool. Yeah. Where did, they, know, it, where did they do it? Uh, I forget where they did it. Florida. I mean, what part of the country do you remember? No, because, I mean, they, they moved around so much that uh, uh, okay. it, it could have been uh, New York, Ohio, Florida, Georgia. Right. Yeah, yeah. You know, Anywhere in between. Once, once, once they got Nace out of the house, they're like, "We're free, <laughs> right?" <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, it's, it's like, an odd experience because I mean, 
I grew up in upstate New York where uh, I had no immediate family. My mother and father met in Southern California uh, and moved from SoCal to upstate New York following my dad's job with uh, Bausch and Lomb uh, back in the... Uh, it had to have been before 77 when my sister was born. Right. Um, but, yeah, so they moved up there, and they were up there from, we'll say, 77 to, I want to say, 2004 or 2005. I mean, all the kids had grown up and moved out of the house. Because uh, well, I remember going to their place one time. Yeah, um, when we, we did a tattoo up in Rochester. Yeah, up in Rochester, and we ended up going to your parents' place. That yeah. was 2001, I, maybe. I want to say, like yeah, either, because well, I left at the end of 2001, and it was before 9-11. Right, least. exactly. So I went probably yeah. the summer of that, maybe the summer of 2000. Did you guys but, have uh, some beef on WEC? <laughs> did no, we they, have beef on WEC? They have garbage no. plates up there, dude. Oh, yeah. 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 Okay. No, we were talking. We were talking about. We were talking about beef on weck and garbage plates. That was like a couple weeks ago. Yeah, was, you're talking about the honestly, hometown food. Yes. Yeah. Beef on yeah. weck, I dig, man. It's I good. Dig it. it's I good. actually, I have, I met a guy here in New Orleans, uh, in the Marines. Uh, we dated for. I mean, no, uh, we one of my best friends now, but he actually grew up in my hometown, and yeah. we didn't know each other until we were both here, and he actually. Uh, we knew all the same people and then found out we were from the same hometown. We're like, all right, we're, this is destiny. Here we go. We, he, yeah. we have both since gotten out, but we've stayed in New Orleans and stayed friends. And so we like to buy, for the Buffalo Bills games, we buy the uh, Bill Gray's uh, meat sauce. Uh, Bill okay. Gray's is a restaurant up there. And you take, it's like a, a tangy type, it's not like a like sweet A1? barbecue. <laughs> Yeah, it's kind of like, you know, A1 is an experience. You really can't compare A1 right. to anything. Um, but, yeah, you get that sauce and you add it, some uh, ground beef that you browned up, and then you put it in a blender to really just make it like a paste kind of. Uh, Interesting. And, oh, yeah, you put it on top of uh, uh, some fried potatoes that uh, most, you know, some people, some, some people do like uh, tater tots that they want to cheat, but really a, you know, you can do hash browns, but mostly you're doing, like, country uh, fried potatoes. So those right. little, like, cube bits. Uh, and then you have uh, your macaroni salad. And then you either put uh, hot dogs. There's a specific brand of hot dog uh, that they use up there you can't get here. Um, okay. Or you do hamburger patties. And then you cover all of that with the meat sauce. And uh, then, you know, hot sauce, of course. And right, then you, you dive the sweats after like thirty minutes. <laughs> yeah, so but they call earlier, they call it a garbage plate. So earlier, Nace, we were talking about the Toronto Blue Jays being homeless for the baseball season as of yet, and one of the landing spots was they're thinking is Buffalo, and we're okay. we're thinking like where the hell are they going to play in Buffalo? They're I'm trying to, to think if there's a minor league team. I mean, they're not going to be able to play in the. You're not going to be able to play in the in the the Bills Stadium. Oh, no. it's not a, it's not a dual another, purpose stadium. We have another guest. Oh, what? Ladies what? and gentlemen, we have Steve Timken. Steve, can you hear me? I can hear you. How about you? Can hear me? Yeah, oh, we, we got you, you, man. 
We can so, hear you. Steve, let me introduce. We have uh, Jimbo, my co-host. He's hey! In, he's in Maine. Yep. We, we have our, our sportsman, who is in Louisiana. <laughs> His name is Nace. And now What's we happening? Have, we have Steve Timken. Uh, Steve, where are you located right now? Well, right now, I am in Short Stack headquarters uh, in Highland Park, Illinois. Ooh. Right. So that's the Chicago area. Welcome, okay. welcome to our podcast, same as it ever was. Thank you for yeah, man. answering the text message of destiny. The text message of destiny. Well, I was surprised to see that come up on uh, uh, my little thing a lot better than the uh, things from uh, the credit card companies trying to get me to sign up <laughs> with their junk mail. <laughs> yeah. So, so, so Nate and Jimbo, Steve. Uh, first of all, he's an amazing musician. I met him in Chicago when I when I lived up in that area. Yep. And then come to find out, like who's sharpening a, a knife right now? That's 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 Jimbo with an EAU. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Just keep talking. It's a it's a very organic show. <laughs> but uh, but but uh, Steve is a is a DJ. And can you do the call sign, Steve? The- WNUR FM, Evanston, Chicago. That's right. Hey, <laughs> right on. And, nice. and, and Jim, Jimbo he, and Nace, he knows Doug James very well. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, okay. Very cool. You know the famous Doug James story that, uh, that I'm responsible for. No, 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 no. you have to tell. He us. showed up uh, about ten years ago at uh, the jam I was running, and uh, geez, he started doing all my uh, material, and uh, he started all these bands, and he'd take all my musicians, and uh, so after a while, uh, when I would do gigs with the Slack Daddies, I would close every evening, uh, introduce the band, and uh, I'd say to everybody, uh, "I hope you enjoyed yourself, everyone, and." Uh, it, it, if you like me, my name was Steve Tempkin. If you didn't, hi, I'm Doug James, everybody. Good night. Yeah. Good day. <laughs> Did this for 10 years without him knowing about it. That is well played, man. That is awesome. So, so here we go. They're both like DJs. They're both awesome musicians. And they both, yeah, we see the competition. We No need. Um, but Well, I, I didn't like him mostly because uh, uh, he, he was uh, uh, so much better than me. So that's... Oh. That's no way to get on my good side. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and uh, you know, Steve is also an amazing artist. So, so okay. basically, you're the, you're the, like, you're the, the man that everyone wants to grow up to be. Um, well, they'd have to be taller than me. That would be a nice thing, too. But, <laughs> uh, but I'm only about an inch shorter than Doug James, so uh, there you go. <laughs> So, so when you answer the text message of destiny, right? Jimbo gets to ask ask you a question. Oh, jeez! And he doesn't know the question, and you don't know the question, and anything's up for grabs. And I have to answer the question. Okay. Right. Yes. 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 Oh boy. Um. So he's a musician, and he yep. he's a DJ in a radio show. Yeah. Well, I'll, you know what. I'm going to ask you the same question that we asked, that I asked Doug. Because there's no competition. Great. Because there's no competition. <laughs> so I'm going, to ask you this, I'm going to ask you the same question. And the same, que- the same question is, 
what was your most embarrassing experience while working in radio? Uh, very few in, in radio because the whole thing is just a constant uh, stream of uh, nonstop embarrassment. And uh, okay. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, uh, working for college radio at WNUR, the voice of uh, uh, Northwestern University, uh, I have at any one time as many as four or five listeners. Uh, so <laughs> the embarrassment that sounds, that's not, that's not, it sounds like our show. <laughs> the embarrassment factor is uh, is relatively low. Now, I, I, I get... Um, uh, you know what I had? I must have. I did an interview with uh, uh, either Ronnie Baker Brooks or Wayne Baker Brooks, and uh, I, I just kept calling him by the wrong name every single time. So, oh no, that's that's not bad. But uh, so, I haven't so, I haven't had ahead. that many. Uh, um, my most embarrassing moment probably is every time I play a, a little Ed, uh, uh, chicken wow. and biscuits and gravy. I get up on and dance on the console. Uh, okay. And normally the station's pretty empty. There's nobody there. I have a Sunday afternoon show at a college right. campus. Uh, but a whole group of uh, little kids came in on a tour, I guess, and stood looking at the, uh, the old, old man uh, uh, dancing with headphones on the console uh, <laughs> through the big glass window, you know? You felt like you were in the you were you felt like you were in the zoo. I was about ready to throw some feces at the window and make it a complete experience for the little children. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> so, so, Steve, my question to you is, uh, who's the who would you say is the most memorable artist that you've interviewed? Uh, I love talking to Toronzo uh, Cannon. Um, oh yeah, he's, he's a character with a capital K, as my dad used to say. Uh, he's a bus driver with more good stories uh, than, you know, uh, most people uh, have ideas. And uh, he's talented and knows a lot about what's going on. But uh, you know, like I always say, there's only three reasons to have uh, Facebook. One is birthdays. The other is gigs. And the third is, is shit Taranzo says. So, <laughs> and, and you know what? I really hate I hate that he discontinued the book of, of Taranzo and he had those quotes. Like you, well, he was taking a lot of blowback for you know his uh, <laughs> his opinions, uh, he, but he's still pretty outspoken and uh, still has a lot to say about the the the, the colorful scene uh, he sees every day go by him uh, in, in the bus. He says not he says not a lot of ridership now lately. So mostly what he's he's doing is he's got a a forty five thousand pound uh, uh, limousine for drug dealers. Oh God. yeah, no. So, so, Nace, Nace, and Jimbo. Toronto Cannon is a Chicago blues artist who is okay. all about Chicago. Um, and that tunnel in town. Yeah, yeah, there you go. And he, he's, he's an artist on Alligator Records. But the backstory is, is that he's also a Chicago Transit Authority CTA bus driver, while okay. still maintaining like. He's a he's a top ten uh, blues artist. Whether you know it's on iTunes, Billboard, he's traveled the world and he still maintains his. I'm going to drive a bus. So well, it's because it's because of the experience driving the bus. It gives him all of his content. Can you oh, imagine? Yeah. Can you imagine driving a bus every day and being? He, a, he, you know what? That's probably lowest on the list of his inspirations. The guy is a is a fountain of uh, uh, songwriting uh, ideas and poetry, and uh, 
but it, he had, it gives him a lot of good stories. Uh, yeah, yeah, I can imagine. Uh, he, uh, he and he's just a he's a fascinating guy. He he heard about uh, 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 a group of people in, in Eastern Europe. Uh, there was a uh, I, I guess it was the Armenian uh, uh, genocide, and he he put that into one of his songs, and all of a sudden he became a <laughs> a huge star in Eastern Europe. Uh, so he right. he tours over there and. Uh, but his, you never know what's going to pop up into one of his songs. I think that's, his, that's his pretty cool. Current album is called the, the Preacher, the Pimp, and the Politician. That's the album title. <laughs> yeah. How, how, oh. they, how are they all are intertwined somehow? Somewhere. Right, yeah. weird. <laughs> they all walk into the bar, and the bartender's like, What is this a joke? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so, this is how I rate, this is how I judge my Chicagoans, right? Steve. Are you a Cubs fan or a White Sox? Fan? Oh boy! Oh, oh gosh! God. You know, I, I I grew up on the North Side. Uh, my dad, however, tried to uh, uh, spare me a lifetime of disappointment and heartbreak, and uh, tried to make me a, a White Sox fan. Uh, but I, I, you know what? Um, I guess I, I guess I'm a, a a little bit of a Cubs fan, and and waited around for them to win a World Series, uh, but. Uh, to be honest with you, uh, I moved to L.A. in about college time, and I, I became a Dodgers fan mostly because I could see more Cubs playing for the Dodgers at any one time than I ever did uh -huh. in Chicago. Yeah. And, and what, what year was that, Steve? Uh, 70s, <laughs> early, early 70s. Uh, and I was, I was a big Cub fan in the late 60s, Joe Pepitone and all the colorful characters they had. Back when uh, Nolan back Ryan – well, not, not Nolan Ryan um, – so, so, are you a Ryan Sandberg fan? At yeah, all? sure, Rhino. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, yeah you know. I, I still like I like the, I like the Sox and and uh, you know I, I love to I used to love I still do going to the the games in the South Side, but um, so you're living you're living in Chicago now. I'm in the the burbs, yeah, the northern suburbs, okay. yeah. But I mean, so would you would you call it would you would you identify as a Dodgers fan still? No, I don't. You know, I, I try not to wear uh, any hats anymore. Uh, no. But 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 I guess I, I got a little cubby blue uh, uh, going on. Yeah, yeah, you know, we we were talking about earlier, uh, like baseball has been starting up, and they call it summer camp. And and I was talking about how the Yankees and uh, the Mets were playing at Yankee yeah. Stadium. And it was amazing to see they had the when the Mets were the home team, they had cardboard cutouts of people in the first 10 rows up until like the, the first and third base lines and then behind home plate. But when the Yankees were the home team, they didn't have cardboard cutouts of people. And it's... was this during the eighties you're talking about or no, no right now. <laughs> this is right now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, the eighties, you know, Hey, I, I'm a big fan of Daryl Strawberry and Doc Gooden, regardless of what they put up their nose. But <laughs> yeah, right, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but no, I mean it's funny that you're talking about the cardboard cutout thing because it, it reminds me of this. Uh, my brother had gone to Emerson College in Boston, and he was studying musical theater, and he was starting to get into like doing some writing and things, and. Uh, and I remember him having this idea that he was put, he was trying to put together with a friend of his and it was a short story. And the short story was that there was the main, this main character. And I think his name was Jed or something like that. And he had like no friends, but that there was this company 
called Rent a Friend. <laughs> and Rent a Friend was like, you could choose these cardboard cutouts of people and they would bring them to your house and set them up. And they would have these, they would have these devices where the, the little cardboard cutout of the people would talk to you. And make like make these friend like make these friendly compliments and things like that to you as you walked around the house, you know. So you'd have like this cardboard cutout of somebody standing there, and you'd walk by, and they'd be like, you know, they'd know what your name was. You'd be like, "Hey, Jed, you look really great today," you know, whatever. <laughs> but as the guy is going, he decides he's going to have a party with his rent friends. But the more jacked up he's getting throughout the night, the things that the rent friends are saying to him are becoming nastier and nastier. <laughs> To the point where the cardboard cutters are like, hey, you know what, Jed? You're a real piece of shit. <laughs> what was the name of this book? Was this called How to Found Twitter? Dude, seriously. <laughs> Dude, it was just funny. Like I say, you keep talking about these cardboard cutouts of these people in the stands. And all I'm thinking about is this story about Rent-A-Friend. Like, they should have the people in the stands, like, they should ask you like an option should be should it can I can I get the cardboard cut out with the waving hand? You know what I mean? <laughs> so, I mean it's it's wait, been it's really at the picture. It's been really weird. You know, Europe is and Korea, South Korea has been really embracing like how to do sports uh without fans, you know, like I, I watch a lot of soccer and you know, they pump in through the stadium speakers like all the all the chants and stuff, but oh, then, yeah. you know, there's no one in the stands or they just put the, the wraps, you know, over the seats. So then it, it's, it's so weird, man. They're like, yeah, I know. It's like watching major league soccer in the United States. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. Bum, bum, bum. Uh-huh. <laughs> yep. Or, or any one of the shows that I play. In. <laughs> oh! So, Hey, Steve, when's the last time you performed? Not, not to ask like, well, it's been about a year, but have you performed in the last like three months? Um, no, I. The, the, in fact, uh, I uh, performed at a, a function in Palm Springs, which is where I spend the winter, uh, part of the end of the what they call the mid-century modern week there, uh, where thousands and thousands of people come in town, and uh, the Gan Band and I did a uh, yeah uh, a gig. <clears throat> I think it was the end of February, and. Um, uh, shortly thereafter, uh, the whole town got sick because uh, uh, thousands of people fly in for this thing, and they yeah. this was <laughs> they were bringing the bug in from everywhere. Um, and that was when after that, uh, everything just shut the hell down. What kind of what uh, what kind of stuff do you guys play? Blues. Uh, I, when I'm singing, it's blues, but they do uh, all kinds of uh, uh, blues and and uh, so R and B and soul covers. Okay. Uh, and they do some they do some jukebox shows out there. They've uh, the, I'm I'm they, really enjoying Roger that that Will Wiggler's involved in. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they just played a Sunday at uh, at the Humble Pub. Um, and, and uh, as you can see, I'm wearing a Humble Pub T-shirt right now. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> it's very nice. It's very nice. Yeah, thank you. Thank I you. thought I heard that coming through on the radio. <laughs> yeah, you know. Uh, yeah, but, I can uh, hear the LeMay through the microphone. <laughs> right. Speak it. You know, Doug James does these jukebox shows, these uh, these theme shows, and the Gans do them out there. These uh, um, uh, Woodstock uh, is one of them. Okay. And, uh, uh, we 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 did one called the Beat, which was uh, a recreation of uh, uh, 
60s TV, uh, you know, rock show. Right. Uh, and uh, it's a great excuse to be able to do covers with us, you know, with a script and right. uh, charge big money for tickets and a dinner. That's and, cool. Uh, yeah. So so but that was the last uh, that was the last gig I played. And um, I can't imagine, I just can't imagine, you know, being in a crowded uh, joint anymore, nope. sharing a microphone with people. Oh, and yeah. <laughs> uh, as it is, every gig and jam, I used to, it took me years to figure out that with all the people coming up and hugging you and, you know, snotting on you, that, that fist bumps and elbow bumps was the best way to get through a night. Yeah, right. <laughs> you wanted to gig the next week and have a voice. You know? Uh-huh. No, absolutely. You, you know, and, you know, uh, Jimbo's recently retired. At at what age? How old are you? Forty six. Yeah, forty six. Yeah. Retired at age forty six, and he's him and his high school buddies have started a band. And that's about when we started doing that this stuff. Uh, JB, I wasn't singing until uh, you know after fifty. Right. Really? Yeah. I would at have all. never known that. I, and many people were surprised to find out that. Pretty much the same time that we were doing the jam at Gabe's, uh, right before you showed up in town, uh, is when I started. Wow. Well, no, you never really knew is. you were talented, Steve. <laughs> I, just, I just had no embarrassment. I, I just uh, that's, couldn't be. Uh, that's part I of could, it. Yeah. Yep. You have to have no, like, no shame. Just get up there and do it. I mean, the, the stuff that we're all, the stuff that we're doing is all, we're doing all of like original material. Um, and the thing is, is that we're all at this point in our lives where we're all in our forties and everybody's got a job. Everybody's got a career. They get this thing. And it's like, it's not like we're doing this because we think we're going to be rock stars or something. It's purely just to do it, to get out there and play. Well, and that and that and the guitar probably sat in the in the goddamn basement for uh, twenty years. And, uh... It's it's crazy because it's honestly, I mean, these are the same guys that I've been playing with on and off for ever ever since I joined the Marine Corps. So we would get together when I would come home on leave and things like that. We would still get together. We would share ideas, especially once you had something, you know, utilizing the internet and a lot of the information sharing stuff that you're able to use. We would we would you know collaborate with ideas before we even got together, and then when we got together, we'd sort of piece it all together and have an album. Not to mention but all your never... experiences playing in absolutely empty rooms and still trying to be excited. Well, exactly, about... <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. You know, to ten to ten, you know, ten people with blue hair. I mean, <laughs> that's you know years. Of that. <laughs> right. But well, it... if you work at it hard enough, starting at a late age like that, eventually you'll get a you'll get a get a nice chicken wire job. Oh, right. Know, exactly. Uh... Yep. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I played a few of those up in Wisconsin, and uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, chicken wire, uh, yeah. yeah. But yeah, they got to put chicken coop wire around the stage yeah, so the, the bottles the, uh, reference the the Blues Brothers. So, yeah. so oh, so I was going to say Roadhouse, but you know that. <laughs> so, oh, Swayze. <laughs> so, so Steve, um, how? And I, you know, I'm going to ask the question. And, you know, because I don't, these guys definitely don't know, but um, your, your, your kids, what are they responsible for? Uh, one of them is responsible for sucking my bank account as dry oh! as he possibly can. <laughs> okay. And, and the other one uh, has made quite a success for himself in the poop joke industry. Oh, good. Uh, he, I'm glad uh, to know that's still thriving. He and seven uh, of his high school, actually middle school buddies, 
uh, from here in Highland Park, uh, created uh, a, a game called Cards Against Humanity. No way. Oh, oh man. Yeah. yeah. Um, but what? The, uh, it, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, and, so uh, you might actually have an inside scoop as the, the the news about Cards Against Humanity being canceled because it's overly offensive. Yeah. Well, yeah, I have way too much news about that. As a matter of fact, <laughs> it's it's uh, it's 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 a sad situation in our house. Uh, this is cancel culture at its at its finest, and my boy uh, was uh, at the head of the class for that and got uh, buried. So no he's... way. Oh yeah, yeah I I, uh, I couldn't figure out whether or not this is truth or you know stranger than fiction or it 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 wound up being a you know a blow up thing for about two weeks and then uh, you know uh, disappeared into nowhere. Uh, the bottom line is that uh, uh, I guess he would tell you he wasn't a great uh, a boss, uh, you know, but uh, who 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 the hell can come out of college and and. Uh, have that huge success and uh you know be a, a a perfect boss so some some former employees decided to piss and moan and of course nowadays you know yep uh, you can get your ass in a big ringer uh if the right people uh, oh yes uh, crap on you on the internet and yep. uh so it basically uh, uh it, it took him down and the, the the game itself is going but uh <laughs> The employees were emboldened to unionize. Ah, um, okay. <laughs> I see. A so poop we're, joke we're, we're dealing, game we're with, with writers who are now in a union. I think. Yeah, that's yeah. We're dealing with. We're dealing. We were dealing. He he ended up having to deal with an insurrection. Well, yeah. Well, and, he just he walked away. He just walked away from everything and uh, is uh, you know quietly uh, watching uh, what happens. His partners are dealing with it. He oh, was the front yeah. man for a long time. But sure. Now, yeah, and, and, and you know but, what. For whatever for whatever it's worth, right? Um, on that game, uh, first of all, it's 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 the uh, impetus for a lot of happiness in my household with with adult friends. Sure, yeah. um, absolutely. Yeah. Number number two is the the giveaways and you know the donations to the staff, which that's oh. surprising. You know, like if you guys don't know, like because. You know, knowing Steve, I was really into Cards Against Humanity and the things that they would do and the giveaways and stuff. Like it was one of the most woke companies you you ever saw. Uh, They they did they did incredible stuff. They bought up a whole bunch of land uh, at the Texas uh, Mexico border, so so that wall couldn't be built there. They they gave away uh, uh, a bunch of uh, money to uh, every charity you can think of. And uh, when when it was the uh, they, however your donations are going to pay for this guy just to build, like to dig a hole, right. Yeah, one year they just got tired of being charitable and decided that they were they were gonna just dig a hole for an, until they ran out of money uh, to <laughs> dig the hole, and people people would donate online to keep the hole going, and it kept going, and 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 people would write in and say, why why aren't you giving money to charity? Why why are you doing this? And they would say, well, why are you giving why us money to dig a hole? <laughs> why aren't you giving your you're, money to charity? You're paying this. That's right. right. That, I think of, that was the whole point. They, they were very clever in pretty much everything they they, they did like that. But uh, you know, I, I guess the bottom line is, uh, as we see on the internet, uh, no good deed goes unpunished. Yeah, and, right. Uh, sure. And 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 although you can have an idiot running the country who can say and do anything he wants with total immunity, 
uh, guys on the other side say something and get eaten alive by their own side. Yeah, well, right. You know, and, and just one ask of my, a President Daniel Franken. Yeah. Well, one of my favorite one of my favorite things that they did was during the holidays, they would say donate to the people who make Cards Against Humanity uh, happen, right? And right. all of well, them, they would get the money and then they would list like what they paid for. And, and a lot of times it was like, I paid off student loans. I, and it would be bought thousands a car of for my mom. I, I bought uh, a thousand pounds of kitty litter. I, I bought a gold plated dildo. Uh, <laughs> I, yeah, I bought yeah, an Xbox. I bought a PlayStation. Naturally. Yeah, naturally. Yeah. <laughs> but they didn't say when they were when they were raising this money, uh, they didn't say what they were going to do with it. And they never said they were going to give it to charity. So the surprise was in the end when they split it up evenly among the uh, the employees and said uh, the only proviso was you had to give us a list of what you're going to spend it on. And you have to spend it in the next 24 hours. Really? So, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's all these things that you and I uh, would sit around in a room and go, wouldn't it be funny if. Right. Yeah. And, and these guys they actually did. did it. That's pretty. That's pretty <laughs> yeah, cool, yeah. man. That and, is yeah. really neat. And I remember, so, like, do you remember the people that bought your old house? Do you know? Do you still remember their names? You don't have to say their names, but do you remember the names of the people that bought your old house? You're talking about me? Yeah. Who bought my old house? Because no, you you had that placard in your basement, like, this is where. You know? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. No, I don't know. I just uh, I snuck in and and put a memorial plaque up <laughs> as the birth of Cards Against Humanity to see if uh, that is pretty cool. Yeah, that's neat. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, we have on on Mondays for the show, folks who who tune in, all seven of them who actually check out our show. Um, hey, what if I listen know... to it twice? Does that count as eight? <laughs> right. Yes, it does. <laughs> Thank you. So thank you. Keep keep listening over and over. <laughs> but on Mondays we do New Music Monday, and New Music Monday uh, doesn't even necessarily have to be new music. It could be something that uh, you just discovered that could be older. It could be something that you used to listen to that you've sort of rediscovered. Um, any number of these, you know, sort of uh, scenarios. So we talk about it on, on Mondays. Uh, JB, you've, uh, what do you got for New Music Monday today? So there's an HBO documentary that came out, and it's called Showbiz Kids, right? Okay. And, and uh, it's an amazing documentary. And so I was listening to the music, and I'm like, man – that sounds great. Like I, I want to dig into what who did that. It's all Jeff Tweedy. And do you know who Jeff Tweedy is? Anybody? No. No. He he is of a band, um, out of I think they're out of uh, Illinois. Actually, are they out of Illinois? But he's out of yeah. I, they're they're definitely out of Illinois. But Wilco. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. If you've ever heard of the band Wilco. Yeah. Um, and he basically did all of the music from this doc, this documentary, and it's it's completely like folksy. It's a, I just really really dug into it, man. What is and, the name of the doc- documentary again? Uh, the name of the yeah. documentary is called Showbiz Kids, and it's oh, on Showbiz HBO. Kids. Okay. Yep. Can and, you share something on the page? Of course. And my favorite song out of it is called At a Distance. Okay. Uh, it's completely amazing. Um, 
it's yeah, it's really good. But J- Jeff Tweedy is from Wilco, did all the music from it, and and it it just came to me because I watched that documentary. Right. No, that's cool. What, uh, Steve? But you you've been listening to anything uh, anything new? Well, recently? yeah, you know, I uh, I interviewed uh, my friend Tommy Holland. Uh, oh yeah, Tom Holland from from my, for my radio show, and uh, he was telling me about some stuff he was uh, working on, and uh, he mentioned a, a guy named uh, a, a tune that he was working on uh, from a guy named uh, B Houston. Okay, uh, I don't know if you've heard of him, but uh, JB, that's uh, right up your. Uh, your alley and uh i i tell you to look them up on uh, uh youtube and uh, g- give a listen uh he, he goes back um uh, quite a while okay. Uh, okay there's a great a great uh compilation album actually it was a live show album um uh, uh called um blues review of the 20th century it's got a million great people on it and the least known person is uh is uh, um B. Houston. This is this is him live doing uh, high heeled sneakers. Okay. Now that's just a little taste of. Yeah, uh... he's the real deal. Yeah. And, okay. uh, and I would tell you that uh, you ought to have uh, uh, JB uh, uh, learn that. There's some nice sax parts on that too. Dun, 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 that is dun, very dun, cool. Dun, 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 yeah, yeah, man. So, Nate, you got any? You got any new music you've been uh, tuning into, or no? Nacho, Nacho's not on the air. <laughs> He's connected. I don't know. I don't know if he could hear us. Mine, mine for New Music Monday uh, is an oldie. It's an oldie that I just again uh, had rediscovered uh, just recently. And I was at work and I was fortunate. The, the, the work that I do now, I'm very fortunate because in certain circumstances, I can just sort of put uh, earbuds in and I can just bug out to whatever tunes I want, um, which is pretty neat for the middle of the workday. Um, but uh, the, the album was uh, The Lamb Lies Down on Broadway by Genesis. Oh, okay. And What man, year did that come out in? I think this is 1974. Okay. Yep. Um, and this is right. If I if I have my my numbers correct, this is right before Gabriel left the band. Yes. And decided okay. to strike out on his own. I think that this album, because there was a, I think we talked about it on the show at one point. There was a documentary that I saw. I think it was on Netflix, um, but it was a documentary about Genesis. And they actually managed to get all of the guys, Mike Rutherford, uh, Phil Collins, all of them, and Peter Gabriel all together sitting down talking about the, you know, this experience of being in this band. And as they go through the history of the band, you know, obviously Gabriel sort of like leaves the conversation and, and so forth and so on. Um, but they were talking about this album specifically in that I think at the time that they did this album, these guys weren't actually writing together anymore. I think that Gabriel had taken over a lot of the writing for the band. Um, and obviously, like I say, after the, the conclusion of the album, he had decided to strike out on his own. Uh, and he's one of my favorite artists. I'm a huge Peter Gabriel fan. Uh, 
but this album is just man they, the the title track alone if 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 any of like the the title track of of a lie, uh, lamb lies down on on broadway is just incredible absolutely incredible i'll i'll share something on the page but it's yeah uh, it is progressive rock like man and the stuff that steve steve uh jimbo is a drummer by trade yeah not a percussion. Okay, well, I won't, I won't hold. I won't hold him against. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> don't don't be confused. There's no percu- so, there's no percussionist here. So, Nate, do you have a do you have a new music Monday? I do actually. I've got a, a pretty cool experience. Uh, have you guys watched the movie Thing? It was a computer animation movie that came out. I think four years ago, three or four years ago. Uh, mm, I don't of, think so. It was a bunch of animals uh, that. Uh, you know, live in this world where, you know, they all, you know, you have uh, a mouse and you have a lion and, you know, everybody's uh, just living in a normal civilization like that uh, as humans. And uh, the character of a mouse has dreams of opening up a stage production show and gets the idea of putting together a talent contest for singing and all oh, these yeah, yeah, yeah. odd yeah. characters come out. Well, uh, we had seen... Uh, a couple of YouTube single videos of some of the auditions because I mean it's really great music they're they're, they're putting out there, um, but the real reason that we uh, were interested in it because we ended up uh, buying it for the kid, um, uh-huh. but it's got like Taryn Edgerton, uh, Seth Mc- McFarland, Scarlett Johansson, Reese Witherspoon, uh, you know, and they're all singing all right, their own right, song. Right. Yep, it's got. Uh, uh, Matthew McConaughey, McConaughey. he's the mouse that's putting together the show. Um, But they're all singing their own songs. And I've always been fascinated by actors who are not known for, you know, their own singing. Um, But, you know, they can pull stuff off like this. And so, I mean, the songs that they're doing, you know, uh, they're doing, they've got uh, Give Me Some Lovin', The Way I Feel Inside, you know, uh, they've got uh, Hallelujah, of course, You Can't Go Wrong with Leonard Cohen. Yeah, uh, but uh, you know they got shake it off. I'm still standing, uh, and it's just it's really cool to see, uh, mostly just the kid react to the music, right? Because um, most of the time when we're doing uh, videos online, I'm not playing her something specific. I'm just letting YouTube go, and uh, she really gets excited when uh, like uh, was Uptown Funk, Bruno Mars. They've got all the Disney movie montage. Uh, over that music, she gets right. all excited, or the uh, "Shut Up and Dance with Me," you know, whatever. Um, oh yeah. But yeah, this this movie came out, and I I don't pay attention to movies, you know, in real time or anything. But now that we've watched it, it's got you know jokes in there that an adult can appreciate just as much as a kid can watch the movie too. And I think that's just basically oh, yeah. the penultimate. The kid can watch it; she's entertained with the music, and we can watch it and actually be entertained with the stories. So. Yep. Yeah, no, that's very, the best. very very cool. No, that's very cool. Well, that's cool, man. Hey, uh, probably going to wrap it up here for uh, for this episode. I'm not sure what number we're at, but uh, you know, Steve and uh, and Nace, honestly, so so awesome to have some folks jump on here with us, have some very very cool and you know conversation, and uh, you know, hear some great stories. Super. Hell yeah! You caught, you caught me at a good time. I was just uh, finishing up uh, another. Uh... Uh, episode of the radio show to uh, pump up to the station because the studio's closed. Right, so doing all this at home, so I have the mic in front of me and uh, everything all set up. Dude, that oh, that's really cool. cool. That <laughs> is very cool. 
yeah. the headphones on, the whole deal. Yeah. So I was in full podcast mode. Hey, there you go. go. <laughs> <laughs> hey, and well, for the folks who are out there, go ahead. Go ahead, JB. I know. I would say, so Steve, just know that we're not qualified to have a <laughs> yeah, podcast. Whatsoever. Yeah, my full podcast mode was being excited that my headphones were charged when I got the text message of Destiny, and I went, "Sweet, <laughs> plug me in, I'm ready." We, the 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 mantra the mantra of our show has been two guys who don't know anything about anything who talk about everything. That's every <laughs> podcast. You forgot one one word that goes in there. White guys, right, right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So, so there you go. We don't know anything about anything, but we're talking about all of it. So, uh, but for the folks who are out there listening to the show, totally awesome. Tell your family, tell your friends. We appreciate it. Get on the page, check some stuff out. We'll post some stuff. And uh, Thursday is going to be the usual. It's going to be uh, what's the last thing that you watched on YouTube. So we'll find out how interesting that can get. Yeah, true. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. Great talking with you. All right, all right see bye, guys. Right, bye, bye. Thanks for having me. Bye, bye. Thanks.